Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You heard President Biden today talking once again about taxing the wealthy, making them pay their fair share. But what is it that's actually keeping Washington from passing a wealth tax on billionaires? The headlines would have you say it's Republicans. Or is it actually a tougher sell to Democrats? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So we do hear a lot about the wealth tax on billionaires. And, of course, most people assume that's not going to happen with Republicans who put up the defense. But is there a Democratic issue when it comes to the wealth tax as well? Elizabeth Warren, of course, uh, leads out on that. Uh, We've got Liz Wolf, who is an associate editor at Reason, joining us. And uh, she talked about it in the context of Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax uh, would hurt more than just the the very, very top. And uh, she joins us now to, to weigh in. Liz, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And so let's jump in. Uh, Elizabeth Warren obviously has uh, championed a lot of things as it relates to the wealthy. Uh, Give us kind of the breakdown. What is this current proposal? What does that actually look like? Yeah, Warren has a huge big government wish list. Uh, She wants to cancel student debt. She wants free universal pre-K. She wants Medicare for all. So does Biden. And we've seen this with the infrastructure bills and COVID relief bills and Build Back Better. So basically, Warren is trying to impose, if she, if she can, a wealth tax on households worth over $50 million. Biden is looking to do the same thing, but for households at a slightly higher threshold, at $100 million. These guys are really big spenders, and they're really trying to claim that taxing the uber-rich will pay for their proposals. Warren claims her plan is going to generate $4 trillion. Tons of analysts say it'll only bring in about half that. The problem is they need a much bigger base of taxpayers to actually generate the revenue they're looking for, and this necessarily means taxing the working rich, doctors, lawyers, other hiring professionals who typically vote for Democrats. Uh, so that therein lies the, the rub, I think. Uh, so normally, you know, people traditionally would say, OK, well, the Republicans are going to be against all of that. The Democrats will, will want that for sure. Uh, but you're saying this actually could tap into an important part of the Democratic base and stronghold in terms of some of those professionals. Well, exactly. Think about how Democratic voter demographics have really shifted over time. We saw this a little bit uh, with the most recent election and analysts like David Shore, who were themselves Democrats, are really tracking these trends within the party super well. I mean, in, in the olden days, Democrats used to very reliably be the party of labor. 
And now to some degree that's true, but they're also kind of the party of like high earning, highly educated coastal elites. And so there's this tension here where they claim they need to generate all this revenue and that they're comfortable with going after the rich, but they're trying to basically only go after the ultra wealthy, super yacht rich people. And they're, they're kind of pretending that they don't actually need to go after normal, hardworking doctors and lawyers, people who maybe were born with a little bit of a leg up, but by and large, you know, made it in America through their own hard work and sacrifice. Yeah, that's so interesting. And uh, one of the great uh, portions of your piece, and people can check that out at Reason.com, uh, is actually Elizabeth Warren herself. Kind of walk us through her story and how this would actually impact her world. Absolutely. I mean, I I am very, you know, Elizabeth Warren isn't somebody who I agree with politically, but I admire anybody who's born into uh, poor circumstances who manages to work really hard to you know, build their way up. Elizabeth Warren was born in like rural Oklahoma to a family with a gazillion siblings. And I think her dad got into some really crushing, terrible medical debt. She was not somebody who was silver spoon fed. She was not somebody who had every single privilege afforded to her. And she managed to graduate from Rutgers Law School uh, with, I think, a young child at the time, having just gotten married, balancing all these different priorities and responsibilities. And she's somebody where over the course of her life, she's generated, you know, between her and her husband, a net worth of like $10 million. She is somebody who's been highly successful. And I see that as evidence in favor of free marketers and capitalists, this idea that you can really make it in America. The only problem is she's one of the people who really threatens that. Yeah, and that's that's the uh, irony to me is, uh, again, I, uh, I disagree on a lot of her political things, uh, but... Her story is great. In fact, uh, I, I watched her work a crowd one time and thought, wow, she, she is incredible at that. Uh, she w- she had this amazing thing she did with uh, a young girl who was just kind of hiding behind her mom. And Elizabeth Warren got down on her knees and looked at that little girl eye to eye and made her do a pinky promise. And she said, I'm Elizabeth Warren and I'm running for Senate because that's what girls do. And they had this, it was just incredible. Uh, and so she has lived that American dream. And, and, uh, as you said, it's, it's sort of the, she, she is the, the threat <laughs> for others to do that very well, same thing. Exactly. And I mean, we even see this in people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the sort of young guard, uh, the young vanguard of the Democratic Party. I mean, AOC is sort of the quintessential second generation immigrant success story. She's somebody where her parents sacrificed. Uh, they moved out of the Bronx to Westchester to give their kids a better shot at going to good public schools. And AOC did a really, really good job. She excelled in those schools. She ultimately studied econ at Boston University. And became really highly successful in what she's doing. I see all these stories because I don't ever want to take cheap shots at political opponents. I really see all of these stories as evidence that the American dream is alive and well. And it's uh, pretty concerning that people like Ocasio-Cortez or Warren are the ones creating policies that threaten to hinder the success of people like them. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the tricky part. And, and so I think that becomes an interesting challenge. Again, we usually look at this as a left versus right thing. Uh, and who who is really for the little guy and who is really for the, the hardworking mom? Uh, and, and here you've got a lot of these proposals. You had Senator Wyden's proposal about unrealized capital gains. Uh, you have this coming out from Elizabeth Warren. Bernie Sanders has his uh, spending things that go along with that. Uh, but but this is actually being a really tough sell uh, to a lot of Democrats, I think for the reasons you were pointing out or alluding to earlier in terms of who their constituents, who their voters really are now. 
Absolutely. I mean, these voting demographics have really shifted over time and they really have to grapple with that. There seems to be some level of self-denial within the party and a little bit of soul searching that they're currently doing. But you can even see this uh, when thinking about estate taxes. The current estate tax threshold is so high. An estate tax only applies to estates worth over $11 million. So it's a really small number of estates. I'm not in favor of an estate tax or anything. I'm a libertarian. But if Democrats really want to put their money where their mouths are, you know, there are a whole bunch of areas in our tax policy where they could have done that. But they continuously choose not to. And I think it's really because it threatens their prime constituency. Mm. Uh, That's such an important point because it's almost easier uh, to make the political point. Uh, without having to do the policy work, knowing the policy is not going to pass, uh, probably from your own party, not uh, not the opposition party. Uh, but that does make it kind of a, an easy bumper sticker and uh, political talking point during an election year, you know, to talk about going after the wealthy, knowing none of that's going to happen. Uh, because if it did, it would impact the very people you're counting on to vote for you in November. Well, exactly. I mean, so much of this is really smoke and mirrors, and it relies on us obfuscating about what wealthy people in America actually look like and how they built their wealth. I mean, only 20% of American households receive an inheritance, and a lot of those inheritances are below the $50,000 mark. Uh, Only 2% of inheritances in the U.S. are greater than a million dollars, and that's all from Federal Reserve data. That's all nonpartisan stuff. So I think oftentimes people have in their heads this caricature of rich people or uber rich people maybe inherited all of their money and didn't actually earn it through hard work. That's oftentimes not true. And we have really good data that that indicates that. And so this really throws a little bit of a wrench into the popular narratives about rich people, because I think people don't tend to want to tax uh, wealth that people sacrifice and work super hard to earn. That's not a super popular political talking point. But Democrats really have to rely on this this caricature of what wealthy people look like. Uh, Liz Wolf, associate editor at Reason. Uh, this is a great piece. This is the ultimate in cutting through the fake fight and the false choice that uh, politicians love to serve up, especially when it comes to the rich. Liz, thanks so much for joining us today. Great piece and a great insight as always. Thank you. Liz cut right through it. It's the fake fight and the false choice. It's easy. It's easy to talk about the uber wealthy. It's easy to talk about taxing the rich. Uh, that's good bumper sticker fodder. That's good campaign cash way to raise it. Uh, but it's not serious because the policy won't go because the very people you count on to vote for you will not have that. Uh, I also love that Liz pointed out how important it is that we celebrate those that have lived the American dream through hard work and heavy lifting uh, and make sure we're not doing anything to get in the way of more people being able to do the same. Don't buy into the fake fight and the false choice, especially when it comes to taxing the rich. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.